welcome to Dark Matter Uncovered in this special podcast series. Thierry and Adrian explore the breadth of opportunities in the emerging space sector, a new key pillar of the Luxembourg economy. Dark Matter Uncovered is a Lux Unplugged production supported by Hogan Lovells, a global team advising clients on their most complex legal issues on Earth and beyond. Hi, I'm Thierry. In our second instalment of our Dark Matter Uncovered series, I sat down with Jaroslav Jarowski, also known as JJ. JJ is the general manager at Redwire Space Europe. We had a wide-ranging conversation about the broad business of Redwire, which is in fact a listed business on the New York Stock Exchange, and how the Luxembourg business has integrated into the Luxembourgish space ecosystem in recent years. JJ and I discuss what the focus areas of the Luxembourg facility are and why robotic arms are important in the space context. I also asked JJ what motivated him to work in the space sector and why Luxembourg is the perfect hub for space technologies companies. But now, without further ado, my conversation with Jaroslav Jarowski, General Manager at Redwire Space Europe. JJ, thank you for joining the show. Thank you, Chair. Thank you for, for inviting me for this great show. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to be here. So for people who don't know you, uh, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. So um, probably as many people uh, uh, in Luxembourg, I'm, uh, I'm expat, uh, actually. I came to Luxembourg uh, three years ago uh, uh, from Poland. Everyone uh, calls me JJ here uh, for Simplicity. I'm general manager of uh, Redwire uh, Space Europe uh, here in Luxembourg. Uh, I'm uh, this weird mix of, of having uh, engineering and, and business background and a little bit financial background. Yeah, and uh, my, my main activity right now in, in, uh, in my daily life is actually uh, running Redwire Europe here in Luxembourg. So you, you, you joined or you moved to Luxembourg about three years ago then. How have you found it in the first three years then? What, what can you tell our listeners uh, about your experience in Luxembourg? It's very, uh, it's very uh, different than other places uh, I have been. Uh, and it's great for, for space industry. Actually, I'm, I was observing before joining Redwire, I was observing for a very long time uh, how Luxembourg uh, is doing after announcing uh, new space uh, activities and space resources activities. And I was thinking, oh, that's that's a great place uh, to be. And uh, I was coming here uh, for a few uh, new space conferences, space resources conferences. And I found this amazing in terms of how integrated space sector is and how uh, how people are supportive here for the, for the space sector. So uh, I mostly, of course, handing out around people that are taking care of uh, of this business. Uh, to be honest, over over last three years, because of pandemic, I didn't have a, a lot of chance to go and travel and enjoy the the city and the country. Uh, but but for me, it's 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 terrific. Uh, this this combination of so many nationalities that that are working on uh, in, in different fields yeah it's great it's really great place to be and every every time when some of our u.s colleagues or our partners from either either con- uh, other countries are coming here to to meet us they are fascinated about about this country so i'm not alone here well as you are now uh, fully embedded then in the in the 
Luxembourg uh, space sector um, in, in general uh, terms? What fascinated you to get involved in the space sector in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the answer might be, um, might be weird. I was involved in, in space sector because I was disappointed uh, in, in aviation. So when I was uh, 19, I joined Aerospace uh, Engineering University in Poland, Warsaw University of Technology. And we've, we've planned to actually take care of the aviation part. So like building, designing, plane. And quickly I found out that there is nothing changing anymore on the, on the aviation. And probably I will upset uh, aviation people here. <laughs> it, it's, it's mostly about, you know, optimization. All the fascinating challenges were already, uh, uh, already solved, uh, in the past in, uh, 70s, maybe 80s. And I found that the, the very small group on my university that was building a very small satellite, CubeSat, that was a first Polish uh, satellite at this time. And I was, I was amazed by how dedicated they are and how many opportunities are uh, in the space sector. They cooperated at this time with European Space Agency. I quickly found out with them that, of course, they, they were science fiction people very dedicated, you know, I found quickly that, you know, as, 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 as every young person, you're trying to, to find out what you want to do with your, if you with your life. And of course you want to bring a value for the society and for the civilization, even to, to make your job and work and daily life meaningful. So I, I quickly was convinced that, that space is a new frontier. We, you know, in the past we have geographical discoveries of the new land and everyone was talking about this. And I found the, the same like energy in space. So for me, it was simply new frontier. The fact that one day uh, people will no longer live only on earth, but hopefully we will, uh, we will populate the, the full solar uh, system. So you had a very interesting uh, transition then from uh, from aviation into space. And is that something that you see in your sector happening more and more, that uh, engineers, business development people are coming from other sectors and are fascinated by the space sector and just plan to have a change of career? Yeah, and uh, that's right. And this is, uh, I call it SpaceX effect, which, which presented that... Uh, Space is actually, SpaceX did a great job promoting uh, the fact that young people and anyone could join space sector. If you observe uh, SpaceX launches, you, you, you don't see very experienced people that are responsible for operations or they are doing live stream. They are typically very young people. And I think this is uh, encouraging everyone that uh, actually anyone could join if, if they, they try uh, uh, a lot and actually even here in Red Wire Luxembourg, we, we experience that people are excited about space and they are, you know, thinking how they could enter there. So that they are joining us from different space sectors. So we can see, for example, that we have, we have some people that, that are coming from defense and security sector that is not very far away uh, from, from space because space uh, originally in in fifties started, started from, from military programs. So those two sectors, the defense and space are very much connected they, and they have very much uh, in common in terms of engineering and requirements and challenges. So, uh, so this is, uh, uh, so these people are, uh, are joining us 
also automotive sector, especially in terms of uh, components uh, or mechanism. It's a, it's a great source of, of new talents. Um, I saw plenty of examples where also in the business front where people that were working in financials, working in e-commerce, uh, were taking postgraduate studies, for example, on uh, International Space University when, when, uh, where I, I'm teaching uh, after hours. They were doing these courses to uh, redirect their careers. And uh, after, you know, few things in every business are, are common. So uh, they were great new assets, like working 20, 20 years in big four and joining later space startup. They're bringing amazing value of bringing, uh, I think, heritage of a mature organization. So we see plenty of people, also, also lawyers that started to take care of the of different aspects of the space law, we see people are coming from from many sectors, and and actually this is great since since space uh, industry is is growing very dynamically, and actually I believe we can't we do not have in Europe and in US enough people that are finishing uh, aerospace engineering schools or or other related uh, education. Uh, we do not, we we don't have enough uh, of them to actually cover and secure and develop uh, space programs we have. So I'm encouraging everyone who uh, who is who is uh, talking to me and thinking, oh, I would like to join the, the the space sector, but you know I don't have engineering degree or I don't have a space experience, so probably it's not possible. I'm very encouraging uh, them to uh, to to try, you know, and saying, no, no, this is not true. You could like do postgraduate course, internet course, remote to learn a little bit. Uh, you could scan these offers we have also in Luxembourg, uh, and and actually enter this uh, this industry. And after you know few years of work, you will be uh, you will be a great asset for the firm. Uh, talking about Wedwire for for the moment, they are based in various locations. And can you tell our listeners about the broad business of the company? in the US, but mainly in Luxembourg or overall in Europe? Uh, so, so Redwire was established actually more than more than one year ago, where uh, our investor, our equity partners found out with a few other people that uh, we see certain level of gap in the space industry, where there are a few very big companies like Boeing, like Lockheed, Northrop Grumman that they're capable to do SpaceX. They are capable to do uh, almost everything. And then there are plenty of very small, uh, very small, very engineering uh, companies that are specialized, space companies that are specialized in the in the certain field in uh, in space sector. But they are they are staying at the almost the same level of business. So, for example, they are specialized in, in cameras, and they do this for they are. Absolutely amazing! Their cameras are flying to every NASA mission to any planet, but they are they are run by engineers, so their size uh, is staying the same, and they could, could do uh, many more things if they would be supported. So, so in between the small firms and between this these corporations, there is a gap uh, for a middle level uh, firm like tier two space integrator who could uh, who could actually. Uh, acquire and uh, empower uh, the small uh, the small entities uh, by giving them uh, financial support, business support, legal support to uh, to actually try to do 
many more ambitious missions that would be probably more dynamic uh, and very aggressive uh, in comparison to um, to what the, the big corporate corporations are, are doing. Uh, so that that concept was created, and Redwire was is acquiring. And actually, uh, there were there were times where Redwire was acquiring every uh, one company every two two months to create this network of specialized firms uh, in uh, in very critical uh, elements of the space industry to by acting together to create very innovative solutions uh, to build a new type of the infrastructure in space new types of satellites in space manufacturing um, supporting building commercial space station supporting uh, a lunar type of missions uh, to accelerate humanity expansion into space, and uh, how we uh, ended here uh, in this uh, in this network was that in in uh, uh, Luxembourg we started as uh, as made in space uh, that was that was firm uh, mostly known uh, in U.S. Uh, we are subsidiary of U.S. Uh, firm made in space uh, that was mostly uh, uh, was mostly known from putting first 3D printer in space. And in Luxembourg, we had subsidiary that was focused on robotics, and we were acquired as a third firm uh, within Redwire. I think right now within Redwire, we have eight entities. And so I will move a little bit too. So this is this is what what Redwire is, and so we are we are keep going to acquire new uh, exciting firms uh, to build very new type of the space uh, infrastructure that will answer on on uh, future challenges in space. And where we in Luxembourg are in this in this network. So, we um, few years ago, when we in the US were building um, a, um, spacecraft called uh, Arkinaut, so we won from NASA uh, the contract to build a, a spacecraft that will build uh, itself on the Earth orbit. So, we'll demonstrate that instead of bringing uh, uh, deployable solar panels uh, with us. We can actually print them and roll out them in the orbit. So very small spacecraft can uh, might have much uh, bigger solar panels and have much bigger uh, power budget to uh, support much more extended operations by being more powerful simply and to execute. So we started to build the spacecraft and we we found out that we are very good in in space manufacturing uh, in US, but the uh, we need something, we need subsystem that allow us not to assembly part that we are going to 3D print in space. So we need, uh, we, so we need actually robotic subsystem, robotic arms. And we found out that there is not many uh, entities that could provide this uh, on the market. And the, the systems are very expensive. Not a lot of these types were built. So we started to, you know, trying to find a uh, supplier and um, the, the, our friends from other firms, we, when we were asking them for advice, who we should approach, they were telling, at some point they were telling us, yeah, yeah, this is a system we also need, we need robotic arms. So if, you, if at some point of your life, you're going to build one, that's a great thing because pro we would also like to, to buy it uh, from you or from anyone who could provide this for us. So in our heads, you know, this idea of, having entity, our own entity that will be specialized in robotics uh, came. And at this time, we were observing what was happening in Luxembourg in terms of investment in new space. So we bring this idea to uh, to, uh, to Luxembourgish government, like, listen, you know, we like Europe, we would like to 
put our uh, steps in, in European market, maybe you will be uh, interested in developing with us robotic arms that will be selling not only in Europe, but also on US market and also for ourselves. So uh, this is how idea came uh, three years ago. And so we, we established three years ago in 2019, uh, Made in Space Europe, right now Redwire, uh, Space Europe, and we are specializing in robotics and in different types of robotics. So right now for over these three, three last years, we were developing our first prototype of robotic system. Um, and actually, you know, we are on the fascinating time when we are going to actually assemble our first prototype in in uh, April, May this year. So we are working on different elements. We are trying to mature them uh, over the last three years. And right now the whole system is coming together. The first arm we, we have uh, will be will will fly with uh, uh, 2023 for demonstration mission uh, uh, type of satellite servicing. And those arms we are building here in Luxembourg will be used and will be, so, will be sold to support satellite servicing missions, active debris removal we have on orbit, uh, supporting uh, uh, satellites repairing on, on the orbit, but, but also will support activities on the lunar surface since uh, we, you can't send astronauts everywhere on the, on the moon. A lot of these operations will be, uh, will be done by robots. So yeah, this is what we do in Luxembourg. And in, in terms of the developing and manufacturing of, uh, of your uh, products, are you ahead of, of schedule what you want to do uh, in, the, in the next coming years? Or do you find it uh, different challenges where the space sector in, in, in Europe is not as developed as, as in the US or perhaps China? Oh, uh, very interesting question. So I think that how I'm thinking about our last three years and, and development of the system here you know something you you probably imagine as a, as someone who is leading the the business unit is that your growth and your progress most of your progress is will be linear you know so we'll be like growing you know our activities 20% uh, every uh, uh, every month for uh, of whatever whatever you know your plan is and actually in the reality check the the beginning is is very difficult and after the beginning, you are accelerating significantly. So, for example, progress I was imagining on the first two years of the firm, I would like to see bigger, but you, you, you could see reality check. And the progress you we had last year uh, in 2021 actually exceeded my expectations because all of the things you were working on before starting to come together. And one of them actually is, is, is the recruiting, you know, for us, it was very difficult uh, to, to talk about talent. It was very difficult to find right people at the beginning to, to work for us with, uh, on, on the systems for, uh, as, especially during time of COVID, uh, people were not uh, uh, willing very much to relocate to Luxembourg. They, they prefer to stay within their own firms firms they were working for right now they're more eager i would say that in space you are always a little bit behind schedule uh, since you, since requirements and changes are uh, mostly higher than you are uh, than you predicted i think we are doing pretty fine we are maybe a few months behind what, what i was uh, imagining but at the same time 
few new opportunities came faster than I was imagined. So for example, contracts for first commercial client came much faster than I expected. The corporation for lunar surface activities uh, came much faster than I expected. Uh, however, there were some delays. I, uh, I, uh, you know, I would love to uh, to have them uh, earlier. So, for example, our relocation to new facilities, much bigger from the incubator we are uh, right now, uh, came later. So here probably we have we have a half a year of delay. We had difficulties to find the right place. With hiring, you know, for a very long time we we were understaffed. We we were desperately, you know, looking for. Uh, for engineering, mostly in front of mechanical engineering right now, well, it's mostly software embedded systems engineers going into details. Because of COVID, we, we have tremendous challenges as, as every firm, space company or not, not, not space. We have tremendous challenges with supply chain shortage, electronic components, mostly. So, you know, this is something you are working every day, trying to figure it out, how to solve it and stay on track. Uh, but, but overall, I'm I'm happy with, about what we do here. Well, we discussed the uh, operational challenges, um, but a key question uh, that I have is what are the legal challenges the, that space companies like yourself are currently facing? Yeah, uh, uh, good question. So we have, I think, uh, we have different types of legal challenges. So. One of uh, uh, definitely the challenge on the daily operations are are doing uh, business with uh, with U.S. entities. So U.S. has regulations called ITAR that 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 makes uh, uh, that makes uh, doing uh, business with uh, foreign entities. So communicating from U.S. to uh, to to European entities or other entities. A difficult since uh, uh, it's simply exp uh, export control rules. So this is something what you, uh, if you do business with US, you need to invest uh, uh, in certain resources uh, to figure it out how to uh, handle it, to get uh, proper licenses to communicate easily with US. This is something what we uh, what we were going through with our European entity. Uh, to have this uh, free communication challenge, but uh, there are very interesting upcoming legal challenges that are on the higher level, which is space resources, uh, for example, uh, legislation or satellite servicing legislations or all the legislation coming from removing or maintaining or paying someone to, to remove your satellite uh, after uh, its lifetime uh, is finished, after its operations uh, finished and it's simply dead and it's flying on the earth orbit as a space debris. And since we have more and more entities that are going to be active uh, on the on the low earth orbit, we have number of mega constellations coming where you where you will see thousands of satellites that are flying and some of them will have malfunctions and will be uh, uh, will be dead simply and there will be threat for other World, uh, operational satellites we have, uh, we will have a number of countries working on the lunar surface, uh, trying to uh, get resources, trying to uh, to have their own places uh, within uh, secure zones. So uh, legal challenges will be more and more present to agree on uh, on the international level, and this is something I'm uh, I'm tracking with with, with curiosity. 
they are not uh, except either i think they are not right now very relevant to us but at some point they will be uh, they will be important for the overall industry as this podcast is about the luxembourg space sector what are your expectations from the luxembourg space sector and the increase of space related businesses uh, especially being set up over the last two years and and do you see a commercial benefit of working with the european space agency and of course the luxembourg space agency that's a good question so i think that overall luxembourg does amazing job with promoting investing and building ecosystem i remember when a few years ago despite of the ses heritage when, when luxembourg announced plans to do space resources uh, at this time and investing in new space. Everyone uh, was uh, a little bit skeptical, like since Luxembourg, traditionally you think that uh, only big countries are capable to do meaningful space activities like US, India, China, France, Germany. Well, so, so everyone was a little bit skeptical about those plans. So everyone was like observing. Uh, what's happening in Luxembourg, and right now Luxembourg. When you when I w- talk with with my non-Luxembourgish partners, it's simply place to be. It's it's worth to have entity in Luxembourg, especially if you are if you are U.S. company, because this is like place to be, due to the how many things are happening here. I think that the current strategy where uh, where you invest in certain number of resources to support early research and development uh, from Luxembourg Space Agency is great and it's, it's it's core value, I think, for those that are coming here. Having Luxembourg University and SNT investing a lot of effort to uh, train students uh, to, open, uh, uh, to open classes and courses about space that's, that's, that's very critical uh, and should be even uh, more intensive uh, uh, since there will be growing need from the from simply entities that are here uh, to have more and more workforce and of course having local workforce is much more uh, simpler than bringing someone from uh, from different continent uh, here to luxembourg to work for you Uh, they they, there are uh, also uh, investment funds that are very important for startups i think we have two or three uh, in luxembourg to uh, to to support you know later stages of investments um something i would definitely see are are, are two things uh, and uh, we, we talk about this you know we are advising uh, government to uh, to go uh, with these activities and i think this will be uh, after we established uh, i'm saying we because we also uh, as leaders of the entities here we are feel responsible uh, for uh, for helping this ecosystem to go in the right direction on the top of you know running uh, running entities by ourselves so there are two things i i, I see would be would be right right moment to to work on so so uh, first what we observe in us is that there are much higher tolerance for for risk from investors to to invest in the uh, in the entities that are on the early stage of development so if, if probably if you if you talk with investment funds in europe not only in luxembourg but uh, in europe for those who want to invest uh, in space entities space startups they are investing in 
you could call it later stage, which is like phase B or phase C. If you really want uh, to be innovative and, and not and, and be very commercial focused, you want to have investors that are willing to to invest in your startup when you are on the early stage. So you are you are looking for for resources when you don't have yet a product. You are prototyping to prove that something works. So this is like seed round or pre-seed round or round A. And we need more and more in this kind of investors and investment out in Luxembourg uh, that are uh, that are with higher risk tolerance. And uh, this is also a bit culture, uh, you know, uh, change since since UN investors are, you know, or US is less risk averse. Uh, however, this pays back, you know, this pays back. The second thing, uh, shortly speaking about this, is that uh, it would be great to have more and more like national missions when you could test your development you did under different contracts in Luxembourg when when it's the first time when your hardware or software flying to space so having it's called EOD or EOV in orbit demonstration and that's a common problem for the whole Europe that we don't have enough space missions that you are taking you know different payload for uh, to fly to space to simply demonstrate that, okay, we did all this test, we did with all this development on the ground, but actually we, we went through the process of the whole um, mission demonstration to prove our future customers that system works in space. So this, these are two recommendations, uh, I, would, I would say, uh, to, to make a next step in, in Luxembourg space sector. Well, JJ, it was great uh, talking to you about your company, about the developments of the space sector. But before we wrap up, for obvious time reasons, um, a question that we always like to ask is, what have been your seminal moments since joining Redwire and at the same time since coming to Luxembourg? So I remember so one, of the, one of the, I think, happiest moments or, like, or, or difficult or challenging was where we last year, it was actually last year, we were, we were uh, testing one of our critical elements and we really wanted to reach this milestone. You know, it was for us, uh, you know, our project is supervised by European Space Agency. Redwire recently acquired us. So we, we really wanted to prove we are capable to do, uh, to do great engineering. And I think it was time at the end of uh, 2020, when we are spending with our team like seven weekends, one after another in the in lab, so working like seven days per week uh, to, to catch up and to test our equipment. And, you know, despite of COVID, despite anything, we, we were renting our, uh, a car and going the whole team to the facilities in Netherlands, because at this time, we didn't have yet our facility ready. There was plenty of problems with our thermal vacuum chamber, and we didn't uh, manage to to make it ready on time. So after eight weeks, we tested our critical element, which is which is joint of our robotic arm. And you know this sprint was crazy, and uh, and I will remember it how hard the team worked on that. And when we uh, and when we did our test, you know, this worked pretty fine and we reached our milestone. Our friends from European Space Agency was really impressed that we were capable to do this. So that was like crazy moment. And, and uh, yeah, that was, 
that was really uh, a big moment for me. And something what I'm looking for is actually in May to for us to move to new facilities five times bigger than those we have right now and show the first prototype of the arm uh, ready and working. So right now, all the pieces we we were working on since the last three, year, three days, three years are coming together. So actually, I think the seminar moment is two months from now in front of us. So if we make another round of this podcast, probably I could tell you more. Uh, I could tell answer uh, to you better on this question. Well, I think, um, you know, if, if your a major seminal moment uh, with Redwire will be in two months, then I think uh, what we should do is uh, uh, speak again in, in the near future and see where the business is going. But uh, for, the, for the moment, uh, JJ, thank you very much for taking your time uh, speaking to us here at the Dark Matter Uncovered podcast. And uh, yeah, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, thank you, Thierry. It was it was a pleasure to chat with you. That was Dark Matter Uncovered, your special series dedicated to the Luxembourg space industry and beyond. Subscribe to our Lux Unplugged podcast feed to continue receiving future episodes, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.